Good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And man, do we have a show for you today. We got an absolutely astounding panel. Boxenberger is back. Steel Rain has come through yes, sir. once again. Um, Infinite Umbra, 84 Woo! on the scene. And of course, Daniel McGee rounding out the podcasters for today's show. Just want to give everyone the quick heads up. Today is going to be a shorter show than normal. We usually do a two-plus-hour show. Today, I'm going to lie. I have to do a hard out at 90 minutes because I get to get over to the hospital to visit mom, obviously. Everyone knows what's going on with my mom. But I also got to meet with her doctors. Uh, so that's going to be happening at around 2-ish. So I got to get out of here and I'm only, you know, 10 or 15 minutes away from where she's at. So I'm, I can get there quickly, but I got to make sure that I get over there because I want to speak with the doctors to get some updated information. And uh, so we're going to we're going to give you a strong, solid 90 minute three topic show. And uh, let's get into the introductions first. Daniel McGee, how you feeling, brother? Welcome back. Doing pretty good. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> I've been congested the last week, so if my voice yeah, allergy is not so weird, much, not so good here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's been blooming, but it has not been agreeing with me. So if I sound different, that is why. Um, but I'm looking forward to today's show. Yeah, yeah, me too, uh, and I'm happy to be back with my brothers. Uh, obviously, podcasting for me is a uh, uh, sense of uh, it, it, it's my relaxing zen spot. I love podcasting; it does take my mind off of real world shenanigans and there's been a lot going on but i'm happy to be back happy to be talking xbox and boxing burger talking about welcome back my god it feels like you haven't been here in an entire year but you're here to yeah. talk about xbox how are you man how you feeling thank you doing good i'm doing good i'm excited to be back i it, it was only two shows that i missed but i agree it, it, it feels <laughs> like forever and i'm super excited to be back not just with this awesome panel but with this awesome community i see a lot of familiar faces or names in the chat already it's gonna be an awesome show even though it's a little bit shorter and um yeah i, I can't wait for the show man yeah, well, me too. Uh, and uh, I, I, rounding out, uh, again, the guests are here. Infinite Umbra. What's going on, brother? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Boom. I'm ha happy to be here today. I'm, I got a bit more energy than last week. I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, last week, though, yeah. you, you woke up, you had the sleepiness in the eyes. You're like, oh, shit, I'm late for the show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, today you sound like, you know, you're out there, you're, you're pumping iron, you're ready to rock and roll. You just ran three miles. It's good to yeah. have you, bro. I'm feeling good, man. I mean, we have some good weather here in Chicago. I'm feeling Very great. nice. Yeah, ready to talk about. We got some good topics to talk about. But we're today. not going to talk about the Bears, and we're certainly not going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cause, oh, no, that'll damn, bring us down. That'll bring us down. About. Yeah, damn. We don't want to talk about Green Bay and Chicago right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, happy to be here with you, fellas, and, and Box. I'm glad to have you back, brother. Like you said, it was two shows, but two shows felt like eternity. It's It absolutely it, it did. Uh, like and yeah. uh, our special guest today, <laughs> making his get, return appearance, the Steel Rain himself, one half of Living Split Screen on Saturday mornings. Something that I start my week to as I'm cleaning away and I'm doing the wash or I'm cleaning the bathroom. Steel Rain and Pong Soul keeping me busy in this show, even though it was a little shorter because of, of a birthday party situation, still oh, yeah, was oh, yeah. a solid, solid show, brother. How you oh, feeling? Man. Hey, man, I'm feeling quite fantastic. I can't lie. Hopefully, I'm coming through clean. And look, nice. man, it's always a pleasure when you welcome the rain into the Mr. Boomstick Kingdom, man. Uh, look, you're getting too famous for me now. Boom, now I'm playing. Um, but a, 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 
regardless. We're gonna have a great time today. And I do have a I have an announcement to make, guys, because I'm I'm a fan and I have to let it be known. It has to come from me. It's only right. Motive from EA. I'm talking about the guys yeah. who are making Dead yes. Space 2023, have made Star Wars Battlefront 2, are making an Iron Man game. They certainly are. That's breaking and news, ladies and gentlemen. If, That's if right. They don't reuse the assets from anthem and really thank you bring that very game to life. um i That's exactly what i tweeted they they already made a great iron man exactly. game exactly um, and now now they they bring in the story and the lore and ah god damn it it's gonna be awesome single player action adventure game guys i'm excited yeah. the news yes. is getting better let's go people um we got a lot of exciting topics uh shorter show let's get to it yeah, you know what? I, I want to start off, folks, uh, with uh, with the racing genre. As you see on your screen, I'm giving you some uh, some hot newly recorded. Well, not newly. It's a recently recorded uh, uh, gameplay from one of my favorite games of last year. Uh, and, of course, that is Dirt 5. I actually, I would dare say that it's one of my favorite uh, racing games of all time. I just think the control is phenomenal. Well, we got to talk, when you talk about racing, well, you got to talk about Forza Motorsport, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, wow, you know, obviously we know that it's not coming this year, but we got some information that suggests that it's coming next year, but not as soon as you might think. That's right, folks. We are on the on the precipice, if you will, of this game coming out second half of 2023 and the reason why i say that as well because we saw uh, there was an interview with motorsport general manager dan greenwald and creative director chris essig esky uh, uh who uh who had some things to say about motorsport now here's the thing i want to put this right out immediately who cares if it comes out the second half of next year because i don't know about you folks the last thing that I want is a Gran Turismo 7 situation. And I'm not talking about the uh, the egregious microtransactions that we know this isn't going to happen, right? I'm talking about cars flipping across the finish line and winning the race. That's right. You've seen that video, too, on the socials. And, yes, they had a vehicle literally flipping down, I don't know, quarter of a mile and one the freaking race. That's what we do not want from motorsport. And I don't expect that we're going to get it, but let's talk about what was actually said. And of course, what they, what, uh, what Dan Greenwald had to specifically say regarding uh, what's happening uh, with this game. Okay. So this is, uh, this is what they had to say. And uh, this uh, this article uh, I, I pulled, uh, it was multiple places had the article. This one I pulled from GameRant.com, um, and it says this. Generally, teams go through four phases, and this is coming directly from, of course, Dan Greenwald. Uh, they have concept phase where you flare, lots of new ideas, more than you could ever build, 20, 10 to 20 times the game uh, you could ever build. And in this case, with Forza Motorsport, we are rethinking uh, kind of everything. Pre-production is in second phase. And in pre-production, you're actually tooling up. You're, you're making prototypes. You're proving out. Is this any good? Does this feel right? You, tr you try not to do too much of that, but it's an important phase. Next phase, and this is where we are right now, is production. In production, you put your heads down and you build. The goal here is to hit your dates, have great energy, 
great clarity, come together and build as a team. And then, folks, he says this. And then the final stage, which is which we will be entering as we get into next year, is the polish phase. And polish is really critical. If you've got a massive game like Forza Motorsport and a lot of new systems you're rethinking, that's a lot to surface. Uh, th th there's a lot of surface area to polish, and it takes a lot of time. The real art of development is not biting off more than you can polish. We're deep into production now, and we will be heading into the polish phase sometime in the next year. Now, this, again, is a revelation, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, for a multitude of reasons, because, well, uh, there are going to be some people that are going to poo-poo this as bad news. And I, I think I think the, the, the transparency here is why this is this is important to talk about, because mm -hmm. you don't you're not hearing this on any other podcast. You're hearing it here. Well, one, because I do like these kind of finite topics, uh -huh. um, and I think it's important to talk about one of. One, not only one of the best racing teams in gaming, one of the best racing franchises hands down in gaming exactly. isn't going to be released in spring of next year. It appears that we could see this maybe release, uh, you know, late summer, potentially, folks, if it takes longer. And I say take longer and put out a polished product. Maybe we get this in October of, ne of next year, the same same month that we got. Forza Horizon 5. I'll start first with Boxenberger. Is should people be upset about this or or is this going to be just one of the game one of many games that we're going to be playing next year that our backlog specifically for Xbox first party which we're going to get into momentarily is just ridiculously stacked for 2023. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It is. I mean, <clears throat> it was kind of expected that one or two of these games are going to move out of the first half of the year. I mean, if, if we look at what Xbox First Party has in, in, in the first year, Redfall, Starfield, Forza, then Diablo is going to be first party. On top of that, they have um, second party deals like Wolong is coming and others. Um, Warhammer Darktide just moved there. It, it is, it, it's going to be super crowded. Um so yeah, I expected one or two games to move out. I didn't expect uh, Forza to be that one. Um, uh, it it is kind of weird to me that um, like a couple of months, two or three months after the E3 showcase, where they were very confident to say, okay, this is gonna hit the first half of the year. The producer of the game comes out and says, we are starting polishing phase um, next year. Um, be that as it may, uh, it, it was expected. And honestly, it's it's not a, as big of a deal as it, it was uh, with the delays this year because, um, well, this year left us with a void <laughs> of first-party releases. Next year, there's no shortage of first-party content. Uh, so if they move one or two games uh, a couple of months around, uh, so be it. Um, it. It just gives us time to actually enjoy the games and, like, uh, when Starfield comes out, I'm going to put 200 hours into that and then I can wait a, a month or two longer for, for Forza. So no big deal. We all want a polished game and um, I can't wait to, to see that game uh, being as polished as possible because this is going to be the technical showcase uh, 
uh, what a next gen game looks like. This is the, is, is the game that when your friends come over and want to see what this next gen or current gen console can actually do, that's the game you put on to showcase mm-hmm. the graphical fidelity, the frame rates, the ray tracing. It, it's yep. got it all. And uh, yeah. so, so be it. If, if, if we are waiting for another couple of months, uh, I, I made the joke in the DMs, right? Uh, Xbox fans are used to waiting. So, <laughs> and next year we have a lot of other games to keep us company uh, uh, while waiting. So, no, no problem here. I, and I can't wait to see Forza. In, in, in yeah, you know, it's funny on on the back end of the conversation that we're going to have today. We're going to be talking about uh, an interview with uh, Luke Lore. If you don't know who Insipid Ghost is, you should. Uh, he has an amazing. Uh, podcast that he does where he does one-on-one interviews with not only uh, developers, but he also interviews, you know, people that we know in the, in the community as being, uh, you know, insiders or people that you would trust with information. And he sat down with Jeff Grubb, who is now working with Giant Bomb. And he had a ton of stuff to say. And I got to tell you, when you hear about what was initially thought to release uh, this year, and, and I know there was a lot of there was a, there was a lot of uh, hubbub made about a comment from Matt Booty about well, I we have, literally have so many games I don't know where to place them, and that was taken out of context. And I'm going to be honest with you, I was one of the people like, yeah, really, Booty, uh, Matt, I, I I don't know if that's something you should be saying when your your you know your your whole first party release uh, list you know revolves around Pentiment and Deathloop, which was out on the PlayStation 5. So it was absolutely taken out of context. But if if he was talking about what Jeff was talking about, I can understand his dilemma. Because, folks, next year, and I know everyone's been like, oh, we got to wait for Xbox next year. They suck. You know what? It's fine because PlayStation is going to find themselves potentially in a very similar situation where their first party looks to be, and I don't mean it to be you know, disparaging, when I say only, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man 2, but that's coming holiday, and that's the only first-party game that we know. Now, could there be others? Sure. Maybe Sony's keeping it close to the vest, but for the most part, they're doing a lot of third-party deals. You know, you're potentially going to get Final Fantasy 16, which, you know, it's, it's nah, square. It doesn't so sound that's, like it. It that's doesn't probably sound like gonna it's be, next year. Yeah, it's probably going to be the year after. At least we're getting Forspoken, which has... Gotten yeah. a little bit more on my radar, but Square is they're, they're, they're kind of dirty, so I don't know if I want to give them money. I might buy that game used from like GameStop, not to give them the uh, even the with Spider Man 2. Honestly, I, I don't see that game being released. They announced that game in 2024, 2023, and everything yeah. got a delay since then. So, come on, um, uh, realistically, they, they, they li- this- well, again, this is what I'm saying. They the, the PlayStation could very yeah. well find themselves in the same predicament that microsoft happens to be in and uh listen it it is what it is but look let me catch up with some of the super chats and then i will bring in our special guest steel rain and get his opinion on and again we we can't really call it a delay you know delay because it's they said 2023 so it's we're not there yet folks um but let me catch up on the super chats and uh we will uh then get steel rain's opinion on this I want to thank everybody that continues to donate. And this Friday, folks, don't forget. And I'm not trying to do this because I want to break records. I want a thousand people in the chat like Randall Thor 19 and Jez Corden on the Xbox 2. If you want a shot at winning one of eight $50 gift cards for the total amount of, I, I said, I say eight, 
it's 10. I'm sorry, 10 $50 gift cards for the uh, total amount of $500. That's right, folks. We're giving away 10 prizes, 10 random winners that picked by the picker. We don't pick anybody, folks. So it's, it's not fixed. We put we, everyone's name comes in, I type it in, and we do the picker. And we have it set up where if you're a, if you drop a super chat, you get an additional entry. Draw your name again. If you're a channel member, you get an additional entry. And if you're a sub to the channel, you get an additional entry for four total entries. You got a shot of one of ten fifty dollar gift cards. That's this Friday. It's the annual Booms Bre- uh, uh, Booms Birthday Bash. My birthday is Sunday, but Ow. you guys get the prize because well, we do this every year, and we actually added one more. Another $500 giveaway coming November for Mrs. Boom's birthday bash. But let me thank uh, some folks in here. And uh, we're going to start first with Drawn TJ, a generous friend of the program. He drops a very generous $2 subject and says, good morning, guys. And specifically, what's up, Umbra? How you like them apples? Oh, uh, Shooter 2853 drops a very generous $10 super chat. Thank you for being here. And of course, you you are your your generosity is ridiculous. He says, "Hey, boom, Mrs. Boom, Daniel McGee, Boxenberger, Steel Rain, uh, Sir Infinite Umbra, add this to your birthday bash on Friday. Thank you very much. I, pre- I definitely appreciate that. And Sith Lord, good friend of the program, drops a, a dollar fifty super chat. Thank you for the generosity. And he puts nothing more. They own than- them." Yeah, nothing more than a piece of birthday cake, which I'm definitely going to have a lot of. And if you are Hispanic, which I am, I'm from Spain, and my wife is Puerto Rican. We are having we are having a cake made from Valencia. And if you know, if if you are Hispanic, and you know what I'm talking about, yes, Valencia is making it, (laughs) and uh, we're getting the, the the. homemade ice cream and everything and again yes, my see uh, there we go you you understand my excitement yeah, Plus, getting, yeah. ship me a slice to chicago boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, hey by the way talk. shout out to shooter and, and tj I'm, I'm feeling loved over here you see how you like them apples yeah there you go brother what much, much them you? i'm not sure how that happened oh. <laughs> <laughs> listen uh steel yeah, rain there are going to be some folks that'll be like oh you see microsoft is slipping but are they, are they slipping or is this nah. something you want to hear about devs being transparent and obviously they are loaded in games both first party second party third party deals as well as indie exclusives i don't think there's going to be a problem uh with uh you know starfield and redfall you know leading the charge while they right. finish up motorsport what are your thoughts on on what the on the two devs had the two dev leads had to say uh i mean Honestly, at the end of the day, that's what we want is a complete package in a well-polished game, right? Um, Motorsport, I expect nothing less from. And I was on record, um, I said this a few weeks back now, probably some months ago on Live a Split Screen, where um, I said, I feel personally that in between Horizon and Motorsport, there needs to be like a two-year separation. And this could be the moment they end up doing that. Um, Reason being is, you don't need to put, although Horizon and Motorsport are two different types of games, at the same point, you don't want one devouring the other, mixing the market, missing the mass. Because, I mean, I like to play Horizon, but I also like to play Motorsport. Releasing them a year after each other, it's kind of like that sport mentality where it's like, hey, well, here's here's Horizon, and next year, guess what? You're going to get Motorsport. It's like, no, let's give, let's give us a break. Let us live out the DLC and everything. We just recently got the Hot Wheels DLC, which plays 
magnificently. I can't say enough about that. Uh, Horizon is in a good place. It does still need to work on a little bit more on the online mechanic side of things as far as connection and things go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even expect Motorsport to come out next year. I let I say, hey, go ahead and polish it up and release it spring 2024. Uh, you've had plenty, you'll have a plenty of time for people to really truly miss motorsport. Um, and then get it lined up again. I there's so many different games that are coming out next year. We still haven't heard anything about the DLC for the current Forza game that we have. Um, there's supposed to be a second, maybe third DLC to come out, at least an, another one. Um, we haven't heard anything about it. Um, we, we just, it took forever to get something about Hot Wheels. It almost felt like last minute. And then it was like, oh, we got Hot Wheels on. So um, for me, the more policy I can do to the game, the better. I fully trust Turn 10, whatever they need to do. And again, uh, there are they are going to honestly leverage that box. Uh, for the consoles at that point to be out almost going into three to four years, that's going to be perfect timing. Again, I know Boxenberger was talking about, hey, you know, motorsports, that game, forces that game where you bring people over and you demonstrate, hey, this is what is possible. Um, although we do have games like Microsoft's Flight Simulator, and we do have other games that can also demonstrate these things. But let's be honest and say that um, a racer like motorsport, I do think that they're going to try to redefine what true simulation racing is. Um, again, if you can constantly listen to uh, the different dev diaries that they've kind of had, um, the different conversations they've talked about as far as like, I mean, we we all know about the different points of tire contact and everything. And they may not be, mean to a lot to, they might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but um, to someone who like me, who really loves that simulation racer out of motorsport, I say, hey, take your time, work on it. And uh, I'm excited to see it when it comes out. So, yeah, me too. And I and I think you're onto something. And I, and they have talked about specifically this is going to be a much different racer. It's going to be mm -hmm. fine tuned in a way that it's never been done before. There's going to be a dedicated campaign. Um, yep. I think there's going to be some um, character building elements to this, where each racer is going to be unique to said racer behind the controller. Uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to it because, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm an arcade racer kind of mm -hmm. a guy. Uh, I, I do like the simulation. I don't love it. Yeah, I but love if it, they're yeah. doing it's the, what I think that they're doing, it's going to interest me because I'm going to have a vested interest in this campaign, wanting to push forward, wanting to see right. where the campaign goes through. And I, and I think that that would be really cool to bring an element to a game that people pick up, and if you are a uh, you know if you are a tune head and you like mm -hmm. all of the, you know your, your, your tuning and you and you constantly you know you're checking pressures of your tires and and you like that kind of stuff, it's going to be there for you. But it also might add a bit of I don't want to say arcade. It will add a more approachable element to a game that is really fine tuned for people who like simulation racing. And I think that by doing that, steel. It does yeah. open the door for new players. That's the number. That's the number one thing, boom. Because you can't forget also, uh, playground also with their accessibility options to Forza Horizon. You gotta imagine Turn Ten is along those same lines and trying to give those players those options day yeah. one also. Um, because again, you want as many people as you can playing it. Just because it's a simulation racer doesn't mean it can't be for Jimmy down the street or Earl who's uh, uh, around the corner. So. 
I absolutely agree. And I, I, I definitely think you're onto something. Let, let's let's get Daniel McGee on this. Daniel, look, uh, obviously, you know, delays happen, you know, su- such as life. Um, but this is not delayed. This is going to just need some more time in the oven, so to speak. I think your mic's a little bit loud because there's a lot. Yeah, it might be too loud. You sound like you're getting some feedback there. Yeah, you got a little bit of. Yeah. Okay. That's better. I don't know if you muted or not. I think he might be resetting it there. Okay, you know what? There we we will come back to you momentarily, Daniel. Let's bring in Umbra while you fix you get a hold of your mic. Umbra, uh, obviously, I don't know what you like more, whether you are uh, you know, a, a, a motorsport guy or you are uh, you know, Forza Horizon. But when you hear that there this is gonna take some time to come out, are you okay with him kind of just letting let the team do what the team does best? I am boom. I, you know, everybody should be. Playground mm-hmm. has delivered some of the best racing games any of us have played. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more attuned to the, you know, to street racers and stuff like that. So I love arcade style racers. So Horizon would be my go-to. But I like the the uh, the main series as well, the motorsport series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for it. I'm sure it's going to look gorgeous and it's going to pop on this OLED I bought. You know, spend all, spend all this money on. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that in action. But you know, yeah, we should we should be patient. Listen, we got we got Horizon right here. Yeah, uh, Horizon Five. There is literally no rush. I mean, Beautiful. even if we look at the gameplay here, what you're playing here, we got plenty of racing games out here that we can spend some time in, and you know, and you know that that'll tide us over for the, for sure. I don't think there's any rush for us to get to motorsport at all. It's not. Um, I don't know how to put it, but I, I don't think that we're in any we're not hurting by not having it immediately. And if they're going if they're saying, hey, we need to have this time to polish it, give them all the time they need. They've earned all of that Thanks. as far as I'm concerned. But then it, I'll, I'll say this, too. They said it's within a 12 month period. So I'm not so sure that it will be coming later on. I'm, it'll probably end up landing around June or so. Probably. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It, it, you know, anywhere between, uh, you know, because if they start polishing in the start, the start of the year, that's the final. Mm-hmm. Pick. That's the final stage. How long before it goes gold? Do they need yeah. three months? Do they need four months? Five months? Six months gets them into June, right mm-hmm. around E3. They yep. have a big blowout, and they say, "Hey, it's 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 available next week on Game Pass." So yeah. yeah. That's my thinking. I don't I don't think that it's going to because the whole point of the uh, showcase in June was to show us the games that were coming in within the 12 months. So I don't think they're going to fall out of that. And we haven't heard anything about any setbacks or anything like that. And even what they're telling us, they're basically just describing how the four stages of development. They're not saying it's any issues or they're not saying it's any unforeseen problems that arose during the development. They're just telling us how it is and that, that, you know, what stage they're in in the third stage, moving to the fourth at the beginning of next year. I think we're good. I I think it's planning this plan to land when it was planned to land. And like you said, it's not like it's delayed. They didn't say when in 2023. So even if it doesn't land within the six months, the only thing I mean, excuse me, within the uh, 12 month plan that they laid out. uh, Yeah, we can criticize that point, I guess, and say, well, you all said obviously this, you know, within the 12 months issue but other than that I, I think we'll be fine one way or another i agree i agree uh and uh daniel uh are you back brother you okay i don't know is this any better yeah it's definitely better there was some feedback before but now it sounds clear uh besides you know obviously you having a stuffy nose like myself because like my allergies have been just 
and I'm taking pills. I'm using you nose know, spray. It, it, it's ridiculous. It, I love the fall, but I hate the beginning of the fall because if someone's like, yeah, get you used to it. Your yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel, what are your thoughts on what the uh, the two heads of Turn 10 Studios had to say regarding where they currently are with Forza Motorsports? Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily surprised or disappointed. It's just... You know, first of all, shout out to Dan Greenewalt. He's been running Turn 10 for at least a decade by now. Uh, and he he really is seems to be the key figure at the top of Forza. Uh, and he has, I think, pretty uh, unanimously been doing a, a fantastic job of it, right? So I think he's one of the unsung heroes of Xbox for sure. Um, but yeah, for, for this game getting potentially pushed from the first half of the year into the second half or even into 2024, like, I think that there's, I don't think there's any problem with that. And and the reason is because we look at the first half of 2023 and it is absolutely stacked, right? There are so many games that are currently slated for that first half of the year that I can't imagine probably most of them will end up staying there. Um, you know, it's it's going to be really tough competition in that window. So for them to push out Forza Motorsport in a couple of months or whatever, just to give it some extra time for polish, I think it makes absolute sense. You know, I think that Xbox is sort of getting into this place where, especially because of the delays from 2022 into 2023, it doesn't make sense to put out just game after game after game from first party, like back to back, if you can use those to space out a little bit more and then give the teams that maybe aren't quite ready a little bit extra time to work on their games. You know, it's the same sort of situation that Nintendo is in right now. And it's, it's been doing really well for them. So I, I, I'm perfectly fine with them pushing this. I absolutely agree. Raiden Blade in the chat says, turn 10 can do what they want. It will be a banger regardless. <laughs> and I absolutely agree there. Uh, real quick, Glacius EX. Thank you for being here, brother. But thank you for the generosity. He drops a five hours of chat and says, strength and love to your mom, my guy. Thank you. It's very kind of you to say. And happy early birthday. Tell your wife that but Boricas are in the house. That's absolutely That is absolutely correct. Uh, Boricas for life, as my wife would say, for sure. Um, and uh, we also had a big bomb super chat come in from our good friend of the show, generous friend of the show, Drawn TJ, drops a very generous uh, $20 super chat and says, Turn 10 started making Forza Motorsport in 2017 through 2023, so five or six years, which has never happened before. Yeah, they were turning them every two years, and that's because they this is, everything is new. He says... Uh, let that sink in, and they are now in the polish stage. That's crazy. I say it comes out in June, just in time for summer. And that's, yeah, exactly what Umbra had to say. But you know what? I want to move to a topic that, again, comes the way of an interview that former panel member, Luke Lore, uh, if you don't know who he is by his first name, he is a teacher. He was a part of the Xbox Factor podcast. You know him as Insipid Ghost, him and Mr. Bad Bit. They're brothers, but they're always going at it. It's never getting serious, but I love those two guys. He has an incredible uh, podcast called the Xbox Expansion Pass. Um, and it's a podcast where Luke 
um, has had the honor and pleasure of not only sitting down with some of the, you know, the, the industry's, uh, you know, biggest uh, developers, but also people uh, that have been considered movers and shakers of the industry. As well, of course, as people like Jeff Grubb, who is used to write for Venture Beat and is now full time with Giant Bomb, he sat down with him and he had a bunch of things to say, specifically what Jeff Grubb had to say. And um, what Jeff said that really took, uh, which really caught fire with uh, not only people like myself who skulk for, you know, new things to talk about. But also just gaming as a whole, uh, 2023 originally was slated to be a ridiculous year to the point where maybe this is what Matt Booty was saying when he was like, we just have too many games. I don't know where to place them. So what Jeff specifically had to say is they had a bunch of games on the docket from 2021 uh, and 2022, which were expected to release in 2023. And this games list included, folks. Now, get ready for this. Now, granted, these games are not all releasing next year, but there are some that are on the back end of 2023. So what Jeff was implying is that this is going to be the first year that Microsoft hits that cadence of one AAA first-party game per quarter. And that is something to really talk about. So this is what Jeff had to say on the list of games that were originally slated for next year. He said it included Avowed, Fable, Perfect Dark, Everwild, which has been moved away, Hellblade 2, Contraband, Exile's next game, Compulsion's next game, and Coalition's non-Gears title that we have been confirmed that they're working on. Now, obviously, folks... All of these games are not going to release next year. But there are two or three games on this list that Jeff has a good, strong feeling that are going to come out on the back end of 2023. And those three games is the unannounced Coalition Project that's non-Gears related. We don't know what it is. Jeff doesn't know what it is. I have no idea. I can throw a couple of stabs here and there, but I think it's going to be special regardless. Uh, he also thinks that Hellblade 2 is coming next year. Now, he said it could come out next year or they can delay it to early 2024. But he, he feels, Jeff Grubb feels that uh, Hellblade 2 from Ninja Theory is releasing holiday of next year. And the other one is Compulsions Game, which we have been hearing about. And Phil Spencer talked about it a couple of years ago where out of all the games that have not been announced, what he's most excited for, what he thinks has the most potential, well, he mentioned Compulsion's game. And that has me excited because it's supposed to be a fantasy setting. It's supposed to be a mix of Bioshock meets Uncharted. Uh, check yes, yes, and yes for Boom, because yes, I'll take all three of those. And uh, I think that uh, Compulsion Games is only known for we happy few now some people really liked it i i was lukewarm about it i thought it was going to be more like a bioshock thing uh, i didn't like i did not like the survival aspect of it but i did play a lot of it uh i i enjoyed what i played but it, it just never hit for me i think that this team 
is going to deliver and what they're going to want and what we're going to potentially be playing next year is going to be special because there's no expectations anymore. We don't, we don't know what they're going to deliver a steal. I want to go to you first on this All right. um, next year, as we know already is going to include motorsport. It's going to include Starfield and red fool, all three Xbox exclusives, all three big triple a bombs. Don't if forget you, about Diablo. Diablo well, I mean, is going to yeah, be you, first party next year. Yeah, you you could add the Diablo and Diablo Four. I think something leaked, not like like ninety minutes of it leaked today or mm. something. Um, and we've seen. Listen, it's going to be Diablo. What, what, right, I, Mrs. Woman, I can't wait to play. We're going to be playing that all night. Um, but when you talk about just those three games, Steel, and then you add on the back end of the year uh, a, a new IP, even mm-hmm. though it's going to be a smaller one from the Coalition. You add Compulsion's unknown game, and then you hear that potentially Hellblade. That is one hell of a 2023, and that's not including all the second-party deals that were delayed, like many games were delayed that are going to be next year that are exclusive to the uh, to the Xbox platform, as well as the indie games and everything going into Game Pass. I think I, I don't know how you ignore Xbox next year. What are your thoughts on what Jeff had to say about next year being a banger of a year? I mean, I feel like this has been kind of like we've been in the prelude, riding on that roller coaster. We've all gotten buckled up. We've all been seated. Everybody's kind of excited. Either you're you're into it so far from what you've seen. You've waited in line. Uh, like Boxenberger also mentioned earlier, you know, they, Xbox has been the home of the, uh, hey, let's just wait around for a bit. And uh it's just like an amusement park. You wait through that line because you didn't have the fast pass. Uh, they didn't implement it early enough, so you couldn't save up for it. And then now you're going into the fall uh, with some some titles coming in. Uh, somebody walked up. They gave you a pretzel to just kind of quench your uh, – not necessarily quench your thirst, but uh, wrong thing. But uh, feed, feed your hunger and everything to keep you satisfied. Uh, but now you're, you're buckled in. You're, you're riding up to the top. And starting in January – the roller coaster, just that that peak that you see when you're like you're just looking down, and it just seems like, man, if we go over this hill, I feel like this roller coaster is not going to be able to handle it, and <laughs> you start to fall, and you just are just welcome to so much excitement and content and a feeling of fulfillment that you may have not ever had before uh but that's what i'm looking to see from from xbox what i was expecting at least seeing so many games get delayed uh coming off the back ends of the pandemic um what what else uh and with all the games that have been in production since say 2017 again everybody's asking where the games at the games are getting made and 2023-2024 we're going to start seeing those games that uh xbox and company have been talking about uh this is going to be the main opportunity to either prove to a lot of people or um, we either prove to us as the enthusiasts or to the masses hey why do i need an xbox console because at this point you can get into the xbox ecosystem many different ways but you, but they still want you to jump into that console, or at least take that leap into the ecosystem in a, a console at two hundred dollars this fall, uh, going into the winter. Uh, the promise of 
a bunch of different games coming out that are actually first party games because I know that's the main thing that people always go back to. It's all first party game. First, there's no first party games. Um, although I've had plenty of games to play because I don't look at first, second, third parties play games. Um, so either way, this year has been pretty satisfactory enough to me, not particularly on like, hey, uh, this is exactly what I got from Xbox and I'm happy, but from the amount of value that I've already gotten in the promise of ridiculous. The exactly. And then the promise of the additional value that I'm going to get uh, again, I'm just a gamer who looks at good games, um, gets the feels them out and see if they're for me or not. Am I either going to buy them day one or not? And the thing that game pass has done for me. And I think what's going to do for a lot of people going into 23 or 24, especially on the Xbox side of things is show them that, Hey, maybe you don't have to just be a call of duty player. Oh, Hey, you, maybe you don't just have to be a Madden 2k or whatever game that you like to play that one game that you spend 60, $70 on. Maybe you have other content that's there. And I think this is going to be the prime position for Xbox to really demonstrate that uh, to us and to the massive audience. So, I have to, I mean, look, I have a list of just what's what we know so far is coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass specifically for October. A Plague's Tale, uh, Persona 5, Scorn, uh, mm-hmm. Signal, Signalis, and Gunfire Reborn. Now, Gunfire Reborn, I was like, what? what is this? That game looks like that could slap, especially with the kids. Uh, and if it hits, like I think it potentially could, that's going to be that's that's going to be huge. Um, but I, I, I agree with you there. I, I, th- I think that, and again, again, value, as you always say, uh, steel rain is, you know, in the eye of the beholder, right? Subjective, of course, Some, something for me might be more valuable than it is for you. And that's okay. That that's perfectly okay. I just think that when you look at the year on paper, and again, this is just paper, paper could be shredded, put right in the paper, boop, there you go, shredded and it's, and, and it's gone and it's gone. We know at least three big ones are coming. We don't right. know what the second half is. I had some concern, folks. I'm like, man, I, you know, sometimes I think, you know, Microsoft, as much as I love them, they forget that the year consists of 12 months because they, they try and cram everything into six. And then for six months, it's it's wonderful. And the other six months, six months, whether that's up front or back end, it's like <laughs> there's nothing would happen. I, I think they've learned their lesson, but I think that more so the cadence that Phil Spencer specifically talked about a couple of years ago is going to come to fruition. Daniel, I want to bring you into the conversation, brother. What are your thoughts on this? It looks like Microsoft is going to have what people are calling a breakout year. Uh, and this comes on the heels, like I said, moment, moments ago, where Sony might actually have an Xbox S type of 2022 next year. Uh, you know, it, it, it seems like all of the stars in the skies are aligning for, for Xbox. What are your thoughts on what Jeff had to say? So it kind of goes back to what I was saying from the previous topic, where it's like if they want to hit one game a quarter, then we already know what three of those games are, right? If they space them out evenly, then we've got, you know, maybe Redfall, then Starfield, then Forza, and then I think from that list, probably the one that makes the most sense to come out next year is Hellblade 2. So that would be the one that I would expect. You know, I'm sure that we'll at least get announcements for what Compulsion's next game is and what uh, the Coalition's next game is sometime next year. I'd be surprised if we went the whole year without knowing, uh, considering how long those games have been rumored. Um, but yeah, I think that it's it's really shaping up to be sort of a gangbuster year for Xbox. 
And it's it's exactly what you're talking about with on the PlayStation side of things where, you know, we were expecting a, a proper PlayStation showcase this month and instead we got a, a state of play. And it was a better than usual state of play, but still just a state of play. And that to me says that we're not going to get a proper showcase probably through the end of the year. So, you know, the only first party game that we know coming from them next year is Spider-Man 2, which is going to be really good, I'm sure, provided it comes out. Um, because what is it's, this it, um, Last of Us multiplayer thing, fa- factions or what? Is yeah, called? factions. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. All we've seen from that is a concept year. art. I have no faith in that whatsoever. Well, um, I, I, I bet that both are not coming out next year, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spider-Man 2 and the yeah, faction me thing. Too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we don't see gameplay from Spider-Man 2 by Game Awards, I would start to be concerned about that game. Uh, until yeah. then, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, I mean, it, it is looking like next year is going to be Xbox's year, almost certainly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's really no, exciting. I, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think you're onto something. Uh, Umbra... Let's get your opinion on this, brother. What What are your thoughts on what you think? Well, again, someone in the well, let me see if I can find who said it. Uh, Justin in the chat, and I was listening to Cold Show because last night he had on Mag, and I was listening as I was cleaning today, and he said that Colt said on the show that Starfield might get pushed until fall of twenty twenty three. I I guess maybe I was vacuuming when that was, and you know, and I didn't hear it. Did anyone else? Could anyone confirm that? Because I don't remember I, them saying it i might have missed it per se i was watching too but i don't remember that part yeah but. again justin thanks so much for being here but thanks for the uh for the update we will definitely cross reference with that uh, i'm gonna be honest with you if it did get delayed to the uh, the fall i mean i would be disappointed i suppose but as long as they don't tell me it's not coming to 2024 i guess well you know what am i gonna do i mean at this point but um, Umbra, let, let, let's get your opinion on this. Uh, they Xbox looks, and again, this is just on paper. Remember, things change. Looks like they're going to have a breakout year the same year that Sony potentially could have a really, really down year, very similar to this year that Microsoft has nothing and Sony has four monster AAA games they released. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I think it's exactly what we had all been speculating on for all this time. Jeff Grubb being fitting, the one who spoke on it on, you know, with uh, with the brother that you talk, spoke on. Luke it, Lord. It's the ghost. Yeah. Right. Well, Luke Lord, that about the exact same thing he said on his show with Mike. Uh, he mentioned that 2023 is about about the time where we can look forward to a lot of these games coming into fruition for Xbox. Yeah. So stuff like. You know, Minecraft Legends, like you pointed out, and Redfall, obviously, for some of the sport, and, and Starfield. If Starfield is delayed, like you pointed out, until the fall, listen, it still falls back into the thought of, you know, we'd rather have them delay the game and get it right than send yep. out something unfinished and terrible. Unless and, something takes its place. Let's it, say it, Hellblade is ready, yeah. and Hellblade gets pushed forward. And Starfield sure. gets pushed back, or Compulsion's game gets put, or, or even the Coalition's game. No, no, we're we're ready. We'll take their place. They could, and do we'll that. just let them give them more time. They could do that, or they could try to fill it in with some third party game. It, yeah, it, that works as well. Yeah, so it does. For, so for me, I look at the games like that, and I, the ones that I would say, it, what I would think on it is, is I had a thought a vow would be shown this year, and they didn't show it. So next yeah. year, I know they're going to show it now. That fable has to be shown at least at the showcase, I would imagine, right? 
uh, if there, if not, I would imagine now probably it probably be some issues, at least with with one of the two. Something has to be going wrong in the background because we should be able to see something, a concept art, something at this point. Uh, Perfect Dark, I'm not so sure of that it will be coming next year. That seems no, like I, it's I, I don't ahead. think that's next year either. Yeah. yeah. So we got Compulsion, Compulsion, which Jazz spoke on a while back, and he mm-hmm. spoke on how far development they are on that. So I can see that coming into the next, the fall part of uh, next year. And we have Hellblade, which I speculated on possibly dropping this year. So, But they went into full production. They mentioned June of 2021. They made a yeah. tweet about it. So I think for certain hellblade 2 will definitely drop late next year and so i'm I'm excited for it man and the thing is is that we look at the first party again and we kind of ignore third party but it's a lot even with third party you could have contraband for instance that yep it's technically third party but i guess you can call it second party since they're working under microsoft for this so you have contraband as well that is coming too so I, you could possibly get contraband Don't forget you might about get arc you might Arc get two. Arc Two. You yeah, yep. right? you'll get Arc yeah. Two. So all these different games are coming. I I, I think we're going to have a. It's going to be a great year. And remember, mm. they spoke on their the cadence they want to release these games for uh, quarterly. They they said they wanted to have I think a game a quarter. So that game was quarter. What? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's four what year. four games. First party. Yeah, first party. So was that four three four? Right. That's four. I yeah. believe. Yeah. yeah. So even if they did do that. And it was, you know, those games coming out in the fall and we have just say four or five games this year, triple A and such. That is a blessing. Like, I don't think we can really complain about that too much. And some of these games being pushed into 2024 means that 2024 is even going to be even more stacked. So I think that cadence of these games coming back and it gives them now to, excuse me, more time to really polish these games and get them right. So. I think it's a good thing all around. I think, uh, you know, next year is just really going to be kind of this golden age for, for Xbox. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I, I, again, it, it's something that a lot of Xbox gamers have been waiting for for years. Uh, and I think they're finally going to hit it. And I think, I think really just on principle alone, we, we knew this was going to happen. Like at some point they were going to hit and they were just going to be like, well, we have so many games here. Here's the deluge, the deluge, if you will. Uh, Boxenberg, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Um, you have been, like myself, one of the most critical on the panel when it comes to Microsoft because you, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're frustrated a bit, and, and you're like, well, they've they've had X, Y, and Z years to develop. Why aren't we getting these games? Is there management issues? Is there concern for games, you know, getting you know mucked up in development? But I think that we're at a point now where next year is going to hit so hard that we might actually see games held. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm, you don't want them to eat each other. But I did hear some things uh, that Jeff had to say specifically uh, with Luke, which I thought was important. And I want to bring it to your attention. Uh, I know that we've always thought about, well, if they release games too close to each other, are they going to be eating each other's lunch? Right. That that's, that's certainly a concern, but here's the thing, folks. And I agree a thousand percent with Jeff on this. He says when you're trying to sell the game for $60, that's a problem. When you're trying to sell your gaming service where it is it is important to have 
titles for everyone. Like I said, a game that hits for me yeah. may not hit for yeah. Daniel or Infinite or Steel or even you. You might be like, yo, boom, you're on, you're on the you're on your own island. I don't like that game. But this other game I did, and it came out almost oh, you know, two weeks or three weeks after the game that you're loving. Now there's something for me. I, I think Jeff is onto something with by saying that it actually doesn't matter if they continue to release games close to each other, like they did with Halo, like they did with Forza, because it there's gonna be people like us who like both, some people like one or the other. Or some people don't even like any. So it's it, having choice to sell your service is key. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, it, you said it beautifully. I, I think that the, the, the big thing about Game Pass is its diversity. It is that there's uh, something for everyone, whether you like shooters, RPGs, uh, racing games, simulations, I don't know, platformers, whatever. There's There's something for everyone. And and 2023 uh, is gonna be packed, but it's 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 a diverse lineup. Um, we have Starfield, a big RPG. We have Forza, a sim racer. Then we have <clears throat> Redfall, a I don't even know what kind of genre you would, would put that in. And an arcade uh, arcane gamers are kind of their genre on their own. Um, it, then you have Diablo, then you have uh, Ark 2 coming, all these uh, games, Stalker 2, um, very diverse lineup. And uh, some people will like certain games, others won't uh, like them. Um, A box, I just um, remembered. We'll get yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo too next year, won't we? Oh, I true. forgot about that. That yeah, is absolutely true. correct. Good. And good we are point. getting this strategy game. I keep forgetting the name. Um, that oh, that would I... be uh, your favorite game of all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God damn it! I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, oh, Age of Empires Four? <laughs> no, 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 not not H four. What we will probably get is it in our season? No, human, like humankind. Or yes, like that? yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. Thank you. So there's really, really a lot of stuff, and that's just the stuff we know about. Wolong, by the way, for the for the soul slavers. Um, Which, by the way, I played about three hours, and it is phenomenal. It's hard as balls, and it, I died hmm. a lot, but I'm quite enjoying it. See, so there's there's really something for everyone. That's just stuff we know about, and just by uh, by by the sheer mess that they have. In, in the works when you look at the pipeline all these games that they have announced already just if you look at, at the first party stuff that we know about it's around about uh i think 17 18 announced first party games um right now um that are coming so um yeah eventually all these games have to come out i made a video a couple of months ago prior to the e3 show well looked at the at the at each and every announced game and how long they have actually been in development. And it's kind of uh, really getting to, to a point where those games have to come out. Um, Drawn TJ mentioned it earlier in chat um, with Forza. It's a great example. They used to do that on a two-year cycle. They have now six years uh, 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 of development time, um, which is, is is a good thing. Not I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying by... Per definition, these games have to eventually come out, and it's gonna get crowded. It is gonna get crowded in twenty three and twenty four. Um, and the interesting thing is, if Xbox is gonna be able to keep up that pace of game releases and this this uh, incredibly filled pipeline after twenty four, 
uh, in 25 and 26 and 27. Um, but as of now, 23 is, is ridiculous. I see a lot of ma games mentioned here in chat uh, that, that uh, we haven't mentioned here on the panel. Wolfenstein 3, State of Decay 3. There are different, yes. all kinds of different games that are potential releases for next year because all of these games have like at least five plus years in development. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, 23, 24 is going to be super crowded. Uh, and it's going to be um, like Pong always says, the golden age of gaming. It wasn't it for, in 22 for, for Xbox gamers, but it's most certainly looks like it's going to be 23 and beyond. It's, it's just fantastic. And we haven't mentioned Activision yet, and uh, at least once in an Xbox Factor uh, podcast, we have to mention Activision. Yeah. They will add a bunch of other games as well. Yeah, Blizzard has this uh, survival game in the making that they yep. announced earlier, which is already five years in development, by the way. It's yes. not in early development, yeah, uh, per definition. But uh, then we have like the upload that I mentioned, Overwatch 2 coming, and of course, all the next Call of Duties. They are also gonna be first party games, maybe yeah. exclusive, maybe not. Who cares? They're gonna right. come to Game Pass Day One every time um, an ABK the deal is, is mentioned. Jim Ryan uh sheds a tear, it's a tear. It's like the angel that Damn gets man. a wing every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> they should have sent this guy to Tencent and, and get Sean Layden back to PlayStation. I but agree. yeah, man, don't, Sean Layden don't get speaking of Sean Layden, he's uh <laughs> teaming up with Tencent. Tencent, uh, yeah. That, that yeah. Was confirmed today. And I, and I love yeah. Sean Layden. He's one of my favorite PlayStation folks of all time. I yeah. love he was his solid. energy. He was he was, he was yeah, a he good was dude. Good. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, listen, everyone had some really interesting points. Now, folks, like I said, this is only going to be about a 90-minute show, and I don't like drama, but I would feel remiss if I didn't talk about this, folks. Um, and I got I got to bring into the conversation for topic number three is um, Take Him. Now, if you don't know who Take Him is, if I'm and if I'm mispro mispronouncing his name, I apologize. Uh, his he's at first adopter on Twitter. I don't follow him for some reason. All of his shit gets into my feed, and uh, you know someone that does follow me uh, that uh, that I'm a and that fan that he unblocked me live on the air during a breakfast of the boom because I don't know why he blocked me. I never really had any interaction with him. Tom Warren, that that blue checked uh, dude from uh, obviously uh, he's a senior editor over at The Verge. Uh, he had tweeted out something uh, like Tom does. And this was during the, uh, you know, the crying that Jim Dance Moves Ryan was doing, you know, the, the unnamed spokesperson about giving Microsoft control of Activision games like Call of Duty would have a major negative implications for gamers and the future of the gaming industry. And uh, this, th that comes the way of Tom Warren. He was quote he was quote uh, quoted uh, Sony in saying that, and uh, then he then he proceeds to add uh, also Sony Modern Warfare Two uh, Warzone PlayStation exclusive content Modern Warfare uh, October I mean uh, Modern Warfare Two the remake uh, of course uh, you know there's a whole oper on, uh, operation and uh, weapons uh, that are hidden behind uh, PlayStation. Uh, he also put, uh, you know, all of these things first on PlayStation. PlayStation had the beta first. So so he's, you know, obviously he's calling out Sony for their bad behavior. And Take Him, who has uh, notoriously um, been, a uh, you know, a big defender of Sony, 
defends the bad behavior once again. Now, take him. His credits uh, is that he's a senior writer at Barron's. Now, I don't know what Barron's is. If you do, please let me know. He prior, he, he worked as a tech columnist at Bloomberg, uh, CNBC, buy side, prominent member of the gaming something or other, according to Kotaku. I don't know if he wrote for Kotaku at some point, but he is obviously schooled by Jason Schreier, who we know is not only a pompous ass, but a scumbag. And I'll be happy, I'm more than happy to put him in, in his place if, he, if I ever had the opportunity. Well, Take Him says this, folks, on his Twitter account. Ah, yes, because getting early access to a beta demo and costumes is exactly the same as being worried about a major franchise will get locked out, locked out of your platform, like what happened with Starfield and Elder Scrolls after a large acquisition. And then he continues, folks, and he says, Microsoft has every right to make games exclusive if they are paying that much money for acquisitions, but at least they should be genuine about their intentions. Now, of course, he went on to add about, well, I don't know, five more tweets where he was quoting things from the CMA, and he says this, you know, cheering on the CMA, at least the UK CMA knows what happened in the past. And of course, Article 27, he says, uh, oh, snap, UK knows about Starfield, historical president CMA, considering Microsoft's broader strategies as evidence as its internal documents and historical course of dealing following similar transactions in the past. And he continues by highlighting the CMA notes that Microsoft has followed this approach in several past acquisitions of gaming studios, where it has made future games or future game releases from those studios exclusive in consoles to Xbox, such as the upcoming Starfield. So, of course, well, I had to respond because I felt inclined to do it. And, of course, as you would imagine, I did it politically correct because, well, that's just how I roll. And I simply said, you know, first adopter, all you need to do is purchase an Xbox Series X or S to play on a tablet smartphone or on the app on samsung tv i'd even bet that you have a three thousand dollar pc slash rig you can play there as well i happily purchased the playstation 5 and nintendo switch also owning both the xbox series x and s and of course i then responded again by letting him know that uh i think it's well documented uh panel and chat that sony tried to outright by exclusivity of Starfield. I mean, am I the only one that knows that? They literally tried to lock Starfield as a permanent exclusive, not a timed exclusive, literally a permanent exclusive. And that was obviously kiboshed by Microsoft buying the entire farm rather than just trying to buy the cow. Um, so I just, I want to pull up, uh, I want I want to bring in, um, uh, Steel Rain on this. Steel Rain, now Take Him is notorious or nefarious, however you want to uh, call it, for being a rebel rouser for Sony, uh, for being in the camp of like the Jason Shriers of the world. And it's funny how he defends the bad behavior that Sony not only has done in the past, but continues to do. But somehow when a corporation like Microsoft, who has been in third place, folks, for over a decade, is doing things not only for their customers, Rain, 
but they're doing things for the industry. They're changing the way the industry moves and shakes. Uh, is this surprising by Take Him? Um, I don't think it's necessarily surprising, Boom, right? Um, there's been so many things that are going on within the industry. Excuse me real quick. I cough. Oh, goodness gracious. Allergies. Um, but no, I don't think it's necessarily surprising or anything like that. Um, but to be also honest, I hadn't really read up on it and like paid attention to it and caught up on some things. So I don't really have too much to say on it on my end. You know what? Let, let, let me rephrase the question for you because you don't have the notes. And that's that's on me. I, I should have sent everything in the DM and I, I, oh, I have everything in front of me. I, I didn't send it. Let 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 me let me rephrase the question for you. Coming off of the week or weeks that we have had mm -hmm. with the back and forth with uh, Sony and Microsoft, specifically Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan, um, are you surprised that mainstream journalism hasn't called out Sony for what they? Ah, okay. uh, gotcha. Yeah. So so yeah. I mean, now this he he's a journalist. He's one of many of thousands of journalists, but we still have yet to see anyone call Sony out for things like raising the console $50, mm -hmm. charging $70, three, charging $3 more per month for a service that doesn't offer day and date, and obviously locking content where, you know, when you, and I, and I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of, uh, you know, gifts out there where this is how PlayStation does exclusives and they just showed a PS5. This is how, and I think it was Tutti Frutti Gaming. Shout out to him because he does the best memes in the history of memes. It says, this is how you do exclusives on Xbox. And they showed a computer, a tablet, a phone, an Xbox, a TV, meaning that they give you multiple places to play. Are you surprised that the, that, that the, that the industry, the gaming journalistic industry has yet to call Sony to the carpet? Oh, no. For, for that, no. I'm not surprised by that at all because that's been kind of the mantra uh, throughout gaming. Why is know. that, Steel? Because they are... <laughs> uh, it could be for a few different reasons. Again, for my biggest reason that I see is because Sony is number seven in brand recognition. They are globally known. They have that backbone um, and hardware that, where they have solidified themselves to such a degree to where... It's like a, it's just like a like a common household name. People say Sony, you're like, yeah, yeah, PlayStation, yeah. I, I, I got, I'm gonna make sure I gotta have that. That's that's the gaming box that I want, or that's the device that I want to get. And they've kind of had that mantra since the '90s, and since they've come into necessarily um, gaming and them doing their own thing into the 3D space and everything. So it's they're riding high on years of. I guess not necessarily, I don't want to necessarily say doing the right things, but just really being competitive in the space more so, right? Uh, we always go back to that uh, where competition is such a defining thing, especially in this industry to where there's, you got to have some push and pull. If you let Sony go too far off one end, you see what we're kind of getting now to where they're riding on their high horse saying, hey, pay us more money. We're going to maybe potentially give you an all digital PS five now and detach the CD drive. Some, there's something that's very similar to what the Xbox 360 did, which is like, are we going back in time? Or what are we doing here? Um, they're making some very questionable moves now because of how things are seemingly changing, but 
because Sony has solidified themselves in stone and has put this pressure on the people, because uh, we hear all the time, uh, and at least over the last decade, I've heard from multitudes of different people, whether it, throughout the community and everything, that you can't speak negatively on Sony. They they don't like that kind of riffraff. Um, they'll pull con- they'll pull away giving codes from you. Uh, they'll pull away publicity from you. Uh, and that's not necessarily a good look either. And if it's at that extreme, and again, we can only take these things at face value. We don't know these things for sure, whether that happens, but I'd imagine so. A player like Sony, you want to make sure that your people are speaking well on your name, not uh, on a, in a negative light, um, especially when that matters so much to them at this current moment. So for me, I think it's just a lot, everybody living in their, let's just say, nostalgia right uh sony has been that thing since the beginning uh, other than like a nintendo uh and the nostalgia is extremely strong with sony especially when you go back to again a lot of people came i mean up they with have of some of the b- most greatest ips in gaming they have yeah, dominated uh, last year specifically last year and, and last gen and you know with their first party there's, there's no denying what they bring to the table yeah, I mean, but for me, it just depends on how you see dominating. I don't think do- their first party is what made them dominate. What made them dominate is the console being cheaper, having access. Again, you what Sony has proven, <laughs> and this is kind of not really in reference to the conversation, I don't think, but uh, what Sony has proven is that call like games like Call of Duty do matter. The the free to play market does matter, and price matters, right? So. For the future, from what we're kind of seeing, like on the Xbox side of thing, we're seeing that prices again become an effect. So down the line, Sony's going to end up feeling that as they already are, because there's mm-hmm. rumors that they're already looking to change, to change things, to yep. bring that cost further down, uh, potentially, because they just raised it. So at some point, they do have to drop it down. They got to prepare for the holidays. They got to prepare for the. They got to prepare for the next year. Again, we'd be crazy to think there's not going to be a pro version of that console coming at some point here soon, uh, with as much back and forth as there has well, been. Well, they already talked but, about a detachable disk drive that broke yesterday. Right. Exactly. It's a little weird, but I think what they're going to do is I, I think the the thought process between that we'll get, we'll talk about that this week on one of the other shows is that they could make more of the discless one, which is cheaper, and just have the uh, detachable disc drive, which it would be only a couple of bucks because obviously Sony owns the patent mm-hmm. for Blu-ray, right? And I mean, to me, it kind of seems like it shows they're again. I feel like they're personally behind. The, behind the ball as far as mm-hmm. things go again now you're wanting to see about giving people a digital a digital-esque version with a detachable disc drive when why wasn't that part of the initial strategy and it's because they they felt like they had something they were they were on the cusp of something and we haven't really seen the main thing that they spoke on as far as their storage device on that crack and get put to work yet so it's like oh what what else do you have uh, because your competition is just going to continuously get stronger as far as valuing things. But right now, I think it's a lot of people just riding off of nostalgia, man. Uh, Sony's has a strong brand power. It's like Jordan in the industry yeah. um, as far as like footwear goes. So it's like I, it's going to take a lot. But I, I think this is going to be the moment where uh, they're going to have definitely run into a lot of issues. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I want to go to Boxenberger. But Boxenberger, before I do, let me catch up on a few Super Chats that have come in. And I have a question or more of a statement from someone in the chat that I, I want to say thank you. And I, I, I'll give him a proper shout out momentarily. 
Uh, Sith Lord, good friend of the of the program. I love the super chat. He drops a five dollars super chat and says, "Taking this show on the road, going to have lunch with my dad at the cellar door in Naperville, uh, Illinois." I don't know. I've never heard of it. I hope that you enjoy the lunch, my brother. That is cool. I'm going to go hang out with mom and have some lunch with her as soon as I'm done with the show. And that's not, nothing like family, folks. Family, uh, La Familia first, always, right? Uh, Drawn TJ drops uh, two, two more Super Chats of, of, five, of $2 and says, don't forget Indiana Jones. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with that. I hope it's a third-person, story-driven, uh, you know, Nathan Drake type of deal. I honestly am very excited for that. And Drawn TJ drops an additional $5 Super Chat and says, don't forget, we're still waiting for State of Decay 3, which we know that the coalition is helping with. I, again, am very excited for that because I'm hoping that we get the multiplayer aspect, but I really want a single player uh, story driven, um, you know, state of the K3. Like I, I want them to have the survival and the multiplayer and teaming up with your buddies. I want all of that for all you folks that like that for me, cause I'm a selfish gamer. I want that Sony esque experience. Even if it's only eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever, Give it to me in the same vein of something like what was the zombie game? Oh my god, uh, for Sony, with the guy on the motorcycle. Um, why am I blanking? Live on the air. Days gone. Days gone. Days, days gone. gone. Yes, give me a days gone, gritty esque kind of a thing for Save Decay. Sign me up now. Getting back, of course, to the show. I want to shout out Anthony Vasquez, dude. Anthony, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate the comment because I want to talk about it with the panel. And I think. But you're on to something here, and it's worthy of a conversation. And he says this, folks. My problem with you, Boom, isn't your opinion. I respect that, and I respect that as well. He says, my problem is that you make it seem that the only right way is the Xbox way. Game Pass is a model that only benefits Xbox, not the industry. And I want to talk about that. And, of course, don't boo the guy because I think his opinion is valid. I, I, I love it. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great shoot from the hip kind of a conversation right, right, right. Like we're about that. to have. And, Steele, if you want to make a comment on it after, we'll bring you back in. Boxenberger, I, I want to kind of shift to this. I think this is an important question slash statement from Anthony. Uh, and I, I, I disagree. I, I, I don't think that it, the, it, the only way is the right way is Xbox way. I think that it is important for the industry because when you talk about the industry, you, we, we have to use a broad stroke uh, situation here. You can't say it's just for gamers because Game Pass doesn't just benefit gamers. It benefits developers. And in an industry where unless you have the monies to drop lots of money down on advertising, your game, regardless of how great it could be, could come out and not get the recognition it deserves because it doesn't have the development dollars in regards to publishing, right? You get into Xbox Game Pass, which we know there's a list, there's a line to get into. I think that, yes, it is changing the industry. And I don't think the Sony way is the right way. I think the Sony way of 70 plus dollars here, if you live in New York, a Sony game, a first party game, which I'm going to be buying soon in the, in the form of God of War, is going to cost me damn near 80 bucks. 7643 with tax here in the United States, in New, in, New, in New York, in New Rochelle, where I live. Um, I would rather pay them, you know, the $18 a month or $120 a year and have that in the service so I don't have to go out and buy it. 
Whereas I think Microsoft is onto something because we have seen subscription services come and go. Yes, but we've seen them come and take over the industry. Like, I don't know, Netflix, for instance, or Hulu or Disney Plus that actually has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people subscribed. So I, I, I appreciate the comment, but I, I disagree with you think that it's that 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 I'm, I'm suggesting the Xbox way is the only right way. I think that that is the way the industry is moving. And Sony has proven that point because they have a streaming service as well. Their stuff is old games, which they said, Jim Ryan said, they don't play, but it's littered with old games. I'm waiting for the time where I'll gladly give them 120 bucks with no discount as long as their game's getting their day and date. What do you want to add to that, uh, Boxenberg? Because I think that's a, uh, I think what Anthony had to say is incredibly worthy of a conversation. Yeah, um, it is a fantastic comment um, uh, and very multi-layered conversation mm -hmm. to be had. Um, see, you mentioned one thing. Um, basically, every entertainment uh, industry um, shifted over to subscription models. The music industry, the movie and TV industry, and as well, the book industry. So basically, every entertainment form has these subscription services. Um, Microsoft wasn't the first one. Um, from the major publishers, actually, EA was the first one to do it. Uh, but it, it, But Microsoft did it in a different way. And why did they do that? They've seen that in the traditional console market, they just can't compete with Sony. After the launch of the Xbox One, they've seen their first-party portfolio. They have seen where they are with, in terms of market share. They've seen um, where they are in, in terms of, of uh, exclusivity deals and, and so on. And so they had to change something. They had to change the industry in order to, to succeed. There and that's what they did. That's why they developed things like backwards compatibility the way they did. That's why they uh, introduced Game Pass the yeah. way they did. And they just said, "Okay, we're we're gonna take a different approach and let's see if it works." We are trying to provide the customer value and try to get the customer into our ecosystem because we deliver or give them a chance to get the best value for their buck well that's Sony what, what they do ultimately box is they allow for people of all uh incomes to be a part of the conversation and that exactly. is where it's important yeah the, the the thing is um subscription services aren't the only way to monetize the game on the xbox platform but everyone is talking about this because this is the major difference here yeah. um and sony tried to get the customer into their ecosystem by by locking games behind exclusivity, mm -hmm. um, that's has always been their approach, uh, and it has been successful so far. But with the introduction of Game Pass and the the ecosystem approach, like having day one releases on on PC as well, getting cross buy, now having X Cloud there as an option, building up an entire ecosystem. This approach has changed the industry. And now it just is, it, it looks different when Sony sticks to the, their traditions by locking games behind exclusivity. And that's the way how you are supposed to enter their ecosystem. Um, so, yeah, when we talk about this, uh, I usually don't talk about this uh, as being good for Xbox. I talk about this 
usually uh, 80% of my views are from a gamer's perspective and 20% from the developer's perspective. Um, first, well, why 80-20? Because I'm a gamer. We are all gamers. We're not developers. We should be concerned first and foremost about our own wallet. And when I go out and I have to pay 80 euros here in Germany, which is a ridiculously high amount of money um, uh, for, for a single PlayStation game. Um, and I can get uh, for only 30 bucks or 35 bucks more an entire year of Game Pass subscription. That's uh, something to be said, bro. Yeah. There is just a difference in value. And when we look at the behavior of Sony over the last two years, by straight out lying to their customers, mm -hmm. by increasing game prices, by increasing console prices, by um, not supporting um, things like backwards compatibility and legacy titles, by charging for, for, um, for these next-gen patches, and so on. When you look at all these things, and you try to put off your fanboy goggles, and just look at it, Sony has become greedy, and that just shows me why it is so important to have strong competition. So um, that's why I think it is so important to have a strong Microsoft, um, and and why I well, it's going to make Sony be better to their customers. 100%. Exactly, exactly, yeah. because this is the only way how we, we as as the customers, and I'm. <clears throat> I've been a, a PlayStation customer since the first PlayStation. I have it here, and I really like the platform. I have so much nostalgia for it, but I don't like what they have become over the last two years. They have been become greedy, and they need some serious competition. And if Xbox could get their act together and just kick them in their balls really hard so <laughs> that they learn that they have to provide the customer more value in order to succeed, um, then I am a happy PlayStation gamer again. Yeah, right now, I, I feel like almost everything they do feels like a ripoff, and that's the difference. And that's why it's a, it sounds so. Oh, it is good for, uh, for when we talk about Xbox, it is good for Microsoft. I don't care about Microsoft. I really don't. I care about us gamers. Yeah, and Microsoft has done some fantastic things that benefit me as a gamer. While PlayStation has stuck in the past and they don't compete on the same value level. I, I'm not by saying anything against the first party. It's incredible. They have some of the best games out there. And mm -hmm. Xbox has a long way to go to achieve that continuous stream of high quality levels that Sony has. That's the thing that's, that Microsoft needs to learn from them. And that's what they try to do. And they do that because they had such a strong competitor. And now I sure hope that Microsoft gets their act together and next year the, the subscriber numbers to Game Pass will explode and Sony loses some significant amount of market share. I really want them to lose a significant amount of market share and not because I want Sony to fail. I want them to do better by the customer. Be better, yeah. Good stuff, exactly. dude. Be I better. Mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, good. With a quote, exactly. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> That's good stuff. Listen, Umber, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, Anthony had some uh, some really great uh, commentary, uh, but let me just oh, hold on just a second. We had, uh, I'm trying to find it. My God, where, where are you? Jay Vargas in the chat. I want to shout out him because he right now is at the hospital 
with his wife, who's about to give birth to their their child. Shout out to you, many shout prayers out. to you. Awesome. Uh, you know, obviously the misses and the baby. Congrats. He said the baby is going to be coming soon, and he's going to be a boom fan. I couldn't have asked for anything better. That is amazing <laughs> of you to say. So shout it's out so to you, congratulations. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to you, Jay Vargas. Congratulations on bringing a new family member in, and I, I just. That's pretty awesome. You're listening to the show. Congratulations. The hospital. You, That's no, crazy. Umbra will be a nice middle name. Just throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Umbra, listen, uh, like I said, uh, shout out to Anthony uh, who brought up this topic. Uh, and again, I know we, we, we changed, we, we, we changed uh, but I, I want to get your opinion on this. He brings up a lot of good points. And, and again, I'm sorry if, if, I, if I forecast it as Xbox being the only way. I don't think that it is, but I think that it's the way the industry is going specifically when you're talking about value for its customers, folks, we haven't even gotten into the conversation that you're going to be able to add four people to your game pass subscription for five bucks for $25 a month. You're going to have five people, including yourself getting games and you're not going to be sharing perks. You're not going to have to wait. Well, he's playing. I can't play your, everyone is going to individually be experiencing Xbox ultimate uh, for five dollars a month, I think that that really does change the industry in a way that we don't understand until it happens. But Umber, what do you what are your thoughts on what Anthony had to say? Well, yeah, just as far as the value, I think <clears throat> Box covered it pretty well. I mean, it just comes down to you know, you know, as, as and it's funny we we mentioned Sean Layden and he's talking about sustainability mm-hmm. and Game Pass because that was one of his gripes. And now he's working with Tencent, who was doing nothing but acquisitions that he was talking about Microsoft doing. Uh, I wonder how sustainable that is. But as far as the whole thing with that, yeah, Microsoft, I think Xbox is kind of the way to go. And I think because of that and the competition they're bringing is going to force Sony to get more pro consumer as well. I think, um, yeah, as far as that goes, it's, it's not even a question. Um, I don't know what else I can really offer on the topic. Honestly, I think Box covered it overall so well if i had to argue about it, you know the two i think it would fall on exactly with box i argued honestly yeah i mean listen he brings up a great point and uh oh, obviously the, re- the, the, <laughs> the reason why microsoft is as aggressive as they are folks isn't because they they want to you know to be better for 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 us the gamers they got their teeth kicked in last gen they literally lost the gen from this is how you share games. And they have struggled almost all last generation losing two to one, folks. So their failure, their their success now is at the failure of Sony's hands. I, I think Boxenberg is onto something where if Sony fails, remember the, the reason why they have a streaming service isn't because Sony wanted to have that. They were they were forced to to to, to, to counteract. What Xbox Game Pass was, there is going to come a point where they're going to have to move to day and day. They absolutely are going to have to to compete, especially when you look at what's going to happen next year. If Sony releases no first party bangers like they did this year, are you are you gamer going to spend eighteen dollars a month or one hundred and twenty dollars a year on what's in there? Now, if you're a first time PlayStation owner, sure. They're 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 bangers in there. All their first party stuff. Oh my god, it's a plethora. Great if, but I own all those games already. I've played through them. So for me, only reason why I upgrade is because I wanted Stray, and I figured, well, pay thirty dollars for Stray or upgrade until February twenty twenty three for thirty three bucks. I upgrade, so I'm I'm ultimate. 
But listen, let's get Daniel's opinion and we will get everyone out of here. Again, folks, I'm shutting the show down a little early because I got to go deal with stuff with mom. Uh, and uh, rem- the remainder of the week is going to be crazy topics, crazy guests. I'm sitting down on Thursday with Gaz uh, for 90 minutes. Get ready for that. Uh, Daniel, let's get your opinion on what Anthony had to say regarding uh, me suggesting that the Xbox <laughs> way is the only way. And I, and I would argue that it should be. In my opinion, what what are your thoughts on it? So, it's definitely not the only way, but it is probably the best way. I mean, we're seeing it work pretty consistently. We we see people coming out constantly saying like, "Oh, Game Pass isn't profitable. It's bad for the games industry." And I don't know how many different devs have to come out and say, "It's good for us. We're making money." How many times Xbox has to come out and say, "It's good for us. We're making money too." Like. I don't know how many times people who are closer to the situation than the people talking about it on podcasts or on Twitter have to come out and say, this is good and works for us and is sustainable before people start believing it, right? I I watch all kinds of podcasts, right? PlayStation podcasts, Xbox podcasts, all that stuff, right? I want to hear every single point of view that I can. And that's the one thing that constantly grinds my gears on some of these podcasts is them being like, well... You see, uh, Phil Spencer said the Game Pass is sustainable, not that it's profitable. There's no way it's making money. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. $15 a month times 20 million people. There's no way that money's coming back green. No, no chance. Like, okay, sure. Uh, and it's it's so strange to me that there's still this conversation to be had where it's like, okay, if Game Pass isn't profitable then why is EA Play a thing? Why is Ubisoft Plus a thing? Why did PlayStation redirect their thing into being a, having more of a subscription service, right? Like, why is cable dying to subscription services? It's because it works. It makes money and people want to subscribe yeah. to these things because that's the way to get the content that they want, right? It's the same thing, right? I, I'll, I'll never understand the conversation of like, Oh, Game Pass is is bad for the industry. It's like, no, it's just different for the industry. And look, if you don't like it, that's fine. You can go and you can buy your games individually. Xbox is perfectly fine with you doing that. Like, no one's yeah. stopping you. Go right yeah. ahead. Um, like even even me, sometimes I'll go and I buy Xbox first party games, uh, even though they're in Game Pass because I want the physical version, right? I just like having the disc on my shelf, right? It looks nice. So I, I totally get that, right? I understand. I'm a physical guy. I I, I get it. But my thing is, like, to go back to the original topic, right, of, of like, media not calling out PlayStation, it, it, that also kind of drives me wild, where it's like, okay, I understand why they're doing it, because PlayStation has this track record of blacklisting anyone who really talks negatively about them. And if you're an IGN or a Giant Bomb or whatever, and you talk too negatively about them and you get blacklisted, that's really bad for you. Because that's that's money directly out of your pocket. That's potentially people who you have to lay off. Like it sucks that PlayStation is allowed to do that. You know, it's it's really strange that that we live in a world where where that is okay. Because um, I can't think of any other industry in which like, oh, uh, Disney got mad at this random movie reviewer, so now he's not allowed to see the movies. Like that does, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. So I understand why they're doing it because they have to protect their businesses, but 
it sucks. Like it's a terrible situation for, for the media to be in. And it's especially funny because you look at the things that PlayStation is doing now with, you know, raising the price of games, raising the price of the console, the cross play tax, right? Like all of this stuff. And I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. It's worse than the Xbox one launch by a lot. Yeah. Because we, we look at the Xbox one launch, right. And people are going to, I'm sure throw this back in my face in the, in the chat because, and they're right. But we look at the things that they were talking about in the Xbox one launch, right. DRM TV, all this stuff, right. People said they didn't want that. And then it never actually happened. So we're still holding things that they said they were going to do, but then didn't over their head. But we're not holding things that PlayStation actually did and put into effect over their yeah. heads. Yeah. And I will never understand the disconnect between these two things where it's like, why are we still holding Xbox accountable for something that they didn't actually do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I no, understand no, that that stuff. cost them the generation. Like, it's rough. But, you know, uh, and, and the points. only other thing that I want to add on to it is like what the thing that one PlayStation, the last generation, that thing where they, you know, they were like, this is how you share used games. That is also the way that they lost this generation, in my opinion, right? Them putting their foot on Xbox's neck while they were down, put them into that fighter stance, right? If they hadn't they done that, did. They maybe backed Xbox into a corner. wouldn't have been yeah. down as bad. Maybe they mm -hmm. wouldn't have had to come back and buy Bethesda and buy Activision, like this is a product of them being hurt so bad that they had to come back swinging. And yep. if PlayStation fans and PlayStation, you know, media keep defending everything that PlayStation is doing, then they will never feel the need to have to fight back. And so like me as primarily an Xbox person, it doesn't really affect me. Right. Because when they raise the price of the, the, the PlayStation games, when they raise the price of the PlayStation console, like, that's fine. That just means that I'm going to buy more of my games over on Xbox. I'm okay with that. The people who are defending it, the people who are the PlayStation, you know, only people, the people who are really, really in that ecosystem, they're the ones who are taking these hits. And I will, I don't understand why they're the ones who are like defending this abusive boyfriend. Like, yeah, I know he hits me, but you know, my CDs are in his car. Like I don't, <laughs> I'll, I they got Stockholm. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah. listen. And as far as the whole argument about sustainability and Game Pass being bad for the industry and such like that, who even makes that argument as a fan? Who even I, makes I, that? I, 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 I listen. I, I respect everyone's opinion. I respect that we had almost five hundred people here today. I, I obviously I thank Anthony for uh, you know putting this you know putting it out there. So we actually we we, we pivoted uh, you know on on that question to talk about it. Uh, let me catch up on the super chats, and we're gonna get everyone out of here. Sir X Men drops a two dollar super chat and says, "Getting too old to wait for good games. Uh, be in uh, be sixty in three years. No, no, don't worry. You want to wait for that long, brother." Gerald Mack drops a five dollar super chat. Gerald, what's going on, dude? He says, "Mr. Boomstick, I tell I I'd tell him it's not making it seem that way. It's Microsoft. You and him see the same thing." different from uh from different lenses i i absolutely agree there risk it for the biscuit good friend of the program i think umber knows who that gentleman is he drops an eight dollar super chat and says remember xbox has had also has the traditional model it provides options and value for gamers and developers creating access and connectivity it's not just game pass that's right you can always buy any of those games and save 10 percent, or you can just buy the games outright justin just a five dollars of jet and says cold show about the late summer fall 
release for Starfield was around the one hour, 48 minute mark. Thank you for that, Justin. I will definitely go check that out. Boxenberger is right on the money. Sony needs to stop milking its gamers. And I agree. And Shooter2853, who dropped a super chat earlier, drops an additional. But I was super chat and says, boom, just uh, just uh, to you, wish you, your mom all the best. Thank you very much, Shooter. Definitely appreciate that. My heart goes out to you and your family. All the best, mate. Thank you as well. Definitely appreciate the well wishes. Let's get everyone out of here. Start first with uh, our sp- special guest, Steel Rain. Sell your brand, brother. Talk about where they can check you out on social media. But tune in each and every Saturday morning with you and Pong Soul. Yeah, man. Uh, again, I greatly appreciate you having me on. But you can find me everywhere. I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven. It's guaranteed to work. Uh, whether that's Google, <laughs> Xbox, uh, Facebook. It doesn't matter what it is, guys. Uh, check me out. Type that in. Hit me up in the DMs. Um, also every Saturday morning, like boom mentioned 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. UK time. Uh, I am a, a co-host of an amazing show that we do, uh, called living split screen, non-console, etc. Uh, we take that RTS view, real time strategy, just pulling ourselves out of the world, pulling our resources together, looking at the darker crevices of the map and really building up our community and, um, our own ecosystem as we reach those three billion gamers but uh with that being said again uh boom thank you for welcoming me on uh, i know i pretty much have a key to the front door i just yes, gotta, find you do. A, gotta find a place to park my car every now and then they keep trying to tow it and i gotta <laughs> run outside and get them man Damn. uh but not nah, much love greatly appreciate you guys all right thanks so much for that and uh, uh boxenberger sell your brand brother you got a podcast coming up uh thursday as a matter oh, yeah. of fact with wandering dutch talk about that and where can people reach out to you on social media yeah, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. It was awesome to be back. Can't wait for the next week. Uh, we're going to have an awesome show there as well. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, I do have on Thursday the world of gaming on my channel. Uh, you can find it on the Boxenberger everywhere. Um, and this week is going to be a super special episode. We have a developer on as a guest. Um, we have Joe from Song of Iron who just announced the sequel, uh, Song of Iron 2. Is coming and we are gonna get an exclusive interview with him to get all the details about the sequel. And nice. um, so we, we're gonna sit down with him for 45 minutes, and after that, we have the regular podcast. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, so tune in Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK time, or 8 p.m. Central Europe. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And otherwise, boom, I see you next week. Thanks. Yeah, look, look, very much looking forward to that as well. Uh, Umbra, sell your brand, brother. Talk about the Xbox Infinite podcast. Again, you should definitely see got a lawyer for that. Uh, and talk about <laughs> where they can see you each and every Friday with you and your mates over there at the Incredible Podcast Friday evenings. And yeah. where can people reach out to you on social media? So you guys can reach out to me on social media under Umbra Infinite or Infinite Umbra. You'll find me either way. Uh, as far as the podcast, yes, <clears throat> I'm seeking uh, <laughs> counsel right now for the Xbox Infinite podcast. No, I'm joking. Anyway, yeah, you all can find me over there <laughs> along with Risk at Jedi Knight Peter and Doom Cutie on Fridays at 8 o'clock Eastern. Of course, here every uh, Tuesday at uh, 12 Eastern. Uh, pleasure talking with you guys again, of course. And this week we'll have uh, the good brothers Sensei and Logic. Uh, oh, nice, through. dude. Awesome. Yeah. Good, good dudes, and they'll be coming through this week. And a week after that is a really big guest. We'll have Cody Eastwood coming on. Oh, so. that's awesome! We love Cody. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing over there. If you're not, if you if, if you haven't added the Xbox Infinite podcast to your playlist, I, I would highly recommend it. They have a great uh, group of people. 
that uh, don't use console war shenanigans. Uh, it, it's it's a very well done podcast, and uh, uh, it should it should be added to your weekly playlist for you, sure. Uh, no, my pleasure, brother, and thank you for being here. And last and no way least, Daniel McGee, what you got going on? I know you've been doing some videos on your channel. Talk about that, where they can subscribe, and more importantly, reach out to you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So i got an airplane flying over. hope you can't hear it. But No, no, we're good. You're good. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Daniel J. McGee or on YouTube at Daniel McGee. I do a lot of sort of long-form content talking about anything going on in the games industry uh i've got a couple outlines that i'm getting ready to record but i don't want to record them while i'm all congested because it makes talking for long periods of time uh, sound really gross so hopefully we'll be able to get some music action get those recorded real fast but uh until then just maybe swing by watch some of my old stuff it's all it's all good right maybe Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, you def, I, I love the long content because, like I said, for when you use when you use like your stuff for cleaning, it's great because I'm I'm cleaning away and I don't got to worry about oh shit, this is over in three minutes. Damn it! So I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the work, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be your Xbox Factor podcast for this Tuesday. Uh, there are still three live shows set for this week: tomorrow night's primetime gaming, Thursday's X Vlog Live, and Friday morning's five hundred dollar giveaway of Breakfast with Boom. Uh, all of those, if, just follow me on Double Barrel Gaming uh, on, on YouTube or, of course, at Mr. Boomstick XL. Big shout out to all the Super Chats that came in. Uh, big thank you to everyone that wishes my mom well. I definitely appreciate the well wishes and prayers for her as we deal some, you know, some real personal stuff. But again, I'm, I'm clear as glass, so I want to let everyone know what's going on. And I want to say I'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen, on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. But before we get on out of here, I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he would say, Craig, treat others how you want to be treated. And also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, son. I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day, folks. So take care. And we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.